you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc. Now here's this week's message. Good morning, Compassion. Aren't you glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Oh, you guys look good. Two of you look good. The rest of you are ugly. I don't know what to say. That's just, just the response I got. We sure are glad to have you in the house of the Lord. Glad to have you here today. We continue our sermon series on Forgiveness University. And remember, I told you don't try to make that short. Just call it Forgiveness University. Amen. In your seat today, Taylor, give me one of those cards right there, buddy. Yeah, that one, not the one that says reserved. Thank you. In your seat today, there's a little card. We're a month out from Easter. There's two times a year that you for sure can get a lost or unsaved person in the house of the Lord, and that's on Easter and Christmas. Well, it's Easter. In a month, you have the opportunity to get someone that doesn't know Jesus that maybe is living a life that is rough and tough and they need an answer to whatever they're going through. And I want you to know in a month's time, you have that ability. 80% of those invited to church on a special occasion by a friend or family member, co-worker or neighbor, they will go if what? Just ask. That's it. If someone would just simply ask them, they'll come. So what we've done is we got a prayer card and on the back we have a place for five names. And we want you to write down five names of individuals that you know that don't go to church, aren't lost. Remember, I say this every year. I don't want you to invite someone that already goes to church. I don't want them. They're already in church. They know Jesus. I don't want them here. What I want is somebody that doesn't know Jesus, isn't going to church, somebody that right now if they were to die, they're going to hell. I want to save them. And if you will write down their name, what we're going to do is, for the next month, we're going to join in prayer with you, praying and believing that they're going to come to church on that Sunday, and they're going to see me and say, man, this is the greatest church in the world. Look how good looking that pastor is. I got to get that sign that says amen, because that was an amen moment right there. So I want you to do me a favor, fill out one of these today before you leave. Write down five names of individuals that don't go to church that are lost. Well, Pastor, I don't know five. Then go find five. Let me say this. A un, I mean, a Christian should always have unsafe friends. It's called relational evangelism. Always make new friends that you can invite them to church. Listen, you don't even have to win them to Jesus. You don't even have to, you know, in some way evangelize. If you'll just get them to come to church, I'll tell them about Jesus. That's my gifting. That's where I'm good at. So for Easter, we want you to put down, and do me a favor, guys. You can tell we're packed today. Next service will be packed. If you can do me a favor, on that day, we're going to do a Friday night. We're doing a good Friday service. Come that Friday night, we're doing a 1 o'clock service. Come to 1 o'clock. We're doing an 8.30. We're doing five services for Easter. Do me a favor. Come to one of the, what we would call the, the less attended services. Can you do that? Unless you're bringing a friend, then you can come whatever one you want to. Amen. Amen. Well, we're so glad to have you today. Good to have my daughter, Miss Abigail, in service. I don't get to see her much. Amen. It's good to have Abigail's 
what a friend. I don't know. She says, see, we didn't know until last night it's more than a friend. It's good to have Jay, my daughter's boyfriend in service. Good to have him. Jay, there are some men that want to see you here in the church after service. Uh, Jeremy, David, Randy. Brian's looking over at you right now. He's going, Cody, some of these guys want to see you after service. Don't worry. It won't hurt long. <laughs> I've already texted Jeremy, and he wants to talk to you. So he's got to approve. There's a lot of fathers to this young girl here in church. So it is good today to have Jay in our service. Jay, so glad you're here. There you go. What an awesome God we serve, amen. I was working in my garage yesterday. It doesn't happen much, so y'all don't get all excited. I was working in my garage yesterday, putting some things on the wall, and I went to do something and came back, and I couldn't find my drill. I looked everywhere. I'm walking around. I'm like, where is that drill? I'm looking on the floor. Look, finally, I walked into the kitchen. I thought maybe I put it on the counter and walked into the counter. No, no drill. I looked everywhere. So I thought, you know, retrace your steps. So I went back to where I was working and I stood there and I looked and finally I went and there's a shelf right here, just right above my head, and there was the drill. Now, at the moment, you understand, I'm a preacher. So everything has a sermon meeting. So I thought, if I would only look up, if I'd only looked higher, I would have found what I needed. See, too many times we're looking down. We're, we're trying to find what we're looking for. The problem is what you're looking for isn't down here. It's up there. And I begin to think about our sermon for today. I, I'm going to speak on the story of the prodigal son. Most of you probably know that story. But I'm not going to talk about the prodigal son. I'm going to talk more today about the other brother, the older brother, the brother that seemed to be, you know, had it all together, the brother that seemed to be the one that stayed home, did his job, did what was expected of him. He was the good brother. The other one was the bad brother. Anybody ever feel that way in your family? I feel that way. I'm the good brother. <laughs> that is so not true. <laughs> Look with me today in Luke chapter 15, verse 25. It said, meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has come back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, and listen to what he says, Look, all these years, I have been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours 
has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home. You kill the fatted calf for him. Now listen to the father's response. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the word that we're about to receive. And I pray today, Lord, that every heart and every mind to be open to receive, God, what you've got in store. And let not one, not one leave this service the same way that they came, but be blessed by your word and by your presence. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, Lord, amen and amen. We find here in this passage that what happens and what takes place is the, the younger brother comes to his dad one day and says, I want my inheritance. In essence, what he was really saying to his dad was this, you're not dying fast enough. I want mine, I want my money, and I want it now. So his dad, in essence, gives him his inheritance. He leaves, he goes off, he parties, he has fun. His brother said he's off with prostitutes. and you know he, He's having this good old party time because he got some money. He got some money in his pocket. But then the money runs out. It's funny, when the money runs out, so do the friends. And all of a sudden, all the friends that were hanging around and having a good old time, they gone. And he finds himself with no friends, no money, no food, and nothing else to do. And this Hebrew Jewish boy now has to go and start feeding pigs in the pig pen. He gets so hungry, he's out actually eating what the pigs eat. To understand for a Jewish young boy to, to be doing this, it's disgraceful, it's despicable. And he's sitting there feeding these pigs, and finally there's a light bulb moment. My dad's servants eat better than this. I'm going back home, at least I'll just be a servant of my dad. As the boy's coming back home, he gets afar off. His father sees him. Now, you know what that means, and I could preach on that. His father sees him. Why? Because his father's looking for him. How many know that when we stray, our God is always looking for us? He's always looking for us. And, and he comes back, and then the Bible says, and something else that goes against Hebrew tradition, goes against a man at that time wouldn't have done this. He actually jumps off the porch, and he begins to run to his son, and he embraces him. That's something that wouldn't have happened. Then they have a party. He said, go kill the fatted calf. We're going to have a celebration. They're in there having a good old time. When the brother comes in and said, hey, I don't think I got an invitation. There's a party that's going on. And he said, they were singing and they were dancing. He could hear, which means there was some good old dancing going on in there. Probably some break dancing. <laughs> which would have been me, that would have been some break dancing because if I dance, something gets broke. And we asked the servant, he, I, the older brother says, I ain't going in there. This boy who squandered everything, took his dad's inheritance, gone and lived a bad life. Now he comes back and thinks he gets to do what he wants to do. Uh-uh. No. Finally, the dad comes out and says, son, what are you doing? Your brother's home. Come on back in. Let's come celebrate. You're missing the party. Can I tell you, unforgiveness in your heart will make you miss the party. Your anger will make you miss out on things that could bring joy to your life. He says, son, don't you know? And the 
everything that I've had has always been yours. I'd have given you a goat anytime you want. You could have celebrated with your friends anytime you wanted to. Son, it was all yours to begin with. See, we find here that not only was the younger son a little messed up, the older son was a little messed up. That the older brother, although he stayed back and did everything that was expected of him, he obeyed his dad, we find out that there was some resentment, some hard feelings, some unforgiveness that is in his life. Today I want to talk to you about three things that are important when it comes to forgiveness. Number one, I want you to write this down. Forgiveness isn't giving others the benefit. Forgiveness is giving others the benefit of the doubt, even in the midst of your own doubts. Forgiveness is giving others the benefit of the doubt, even in the midst of your own doubts. Verse 28, he said, the older brother became angry and refused to go in. In other words, he didn't want to even hear what he had to say. He didn't even want the apology. He didn't even want the reason why he did what he did. Can I tell you, we've got to stop doing that junk. We've got to learn to give others the benefit of the doubt that they've made mistakes, they failed, they did things to us they shouldn't have done, but I'm going to learn in my life to give them the benefit of the doubt that maybe, just maybe, they are sorry. That maybe, just maybe, they know they were wrong. Maybe sometimes you get the benefit of the doubt because maybe, just maybe, they didn't do what you thought they did. See, many, many times we've got this thing set in our mind that we, we've already decided they're guilt and we've already decided there's no reason they should be forgiven. But what we find is, is here the older brother had already made a decision. He was not going to forgive his young, younger brother. He was not going to let it go. He was going to hold on to it. He wasn't going to give him the benefit of the doubt that maybe, just maybe, the young boy had changed. You ever known someone that lived a terrible life and then God completely changed their life? But it was still hard for you to believe? Some believe that about Randy. I still don't know if Randy's changed. That's why I keep Randy close to the front. I keep my eye on him. <laughs> Jeremy, I don't know about Jeremy. I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt, but it's hard sometimes. I just don't know. But see, we have to be willing to, to step out on a limb. We've got to be willing to step out in faith. We've got to be willing to say, listen, I know, I know that God is a miracle-working God, and I know that God could bring you to the place that you feel bad about what you've done, you want forgiveness in your life, and I'm going to trust and believe, and I'm going to trust, and I'm going to take a chance, and I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. You know, Jesus did the same thing with you. Because knowing some of you, you're going to mess up again. You came to Jesus, you got his forgiveness, you got his grace, you got his compassion. But yet he gave you the benefit of the doubt that when you came and you bowed down on your knees and you said, God, I'm sorry for what I've done. Forgive me of my sins. That God at that moment washed away your sins, cleansed you from your unrighteousness. And that moment you were saved and you were redeemed. And listen, can I tell you, even God knew then that you would still make some mistakes. But God still forgave. Listen, I know that I may forgive Brian sometimes, but can I tell you that I know that even though I forgive Brian sometimes, he may mess up again. And you know what? And I'll forgive him again. Because I will give him the benefit of the doubt that sometimes, and this is another benefit of the doubt, you've got to realize people are the way they are for a reason. 
give the benefit of the doubt that maybe it's not you. Maybe it's their upbringing. Maybe it's what they've gone through. Maybe it's hurt. Maybe they've been victimized. Maybe they've mistreated and they are fearful and they are afraid. And what they do is they put up a wall and they put up a guard. And because of that, it's hard many times for them to, to act any different. But maybe, just maybe, your grace and your compassion and your forgiveness may be the very thing that changes their life. Number two, write this down. Forgiveness is giving away your right to be right for the sake of doing the right thing. Forgiveness is giving away our right to be right for doing the right thing. How many raise your how many like to be right in here? <laughs> some of you men, some of you don't have your hands up. I know you. So not only are you sinning for always wanting to be right, now you're a bold-faced liar. Lord, forgive them. Don't strike the church down right now. That, that we, we learn in, in our life that it's not about being right. It's not about you always having the last word. It's about you as a believer realizing that it's not about me being right, but the right thing being done. Listen to what he says right here in Luke 15, 29. But he answered his father, look. Let me tell you what it means when he says, look. I'm right. Dad, you're wrong. Younger brother, little brother, he wrong too. This is what he says. All these years I've been slaving for you. Never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. See, right now, he doesn't care about the right thing being done. He cares about being right. Younger brother was wrong. I'm right, and I'm not going in there. How many times in your life have you refused to do things because you just wanted to be right? We've all done it. We've all been there. See, if you struggle, raise your hand one more time. I'm going to give you uh, another chance to get right with God. How many like to be right? Thank you, Jesus, for more honesty this time, God. If you struggle with always wanting to be right, you will struggle with unforgiveness in your life. Because when you want to be right all the time, you will do wrong things to even make yourself right. And what that means is that sometimes when you the right thing to do is forgive, but you're going to sit there with your arms crossed and you're not going to forgive and you're not going to budge and you're not going to let it go, the only person you're hurting is you. Forgiveness means I give up my right to always be right. Listen, none of us are always right. I am the only one that is always right. Thank you, Joe. The Bible says by two or three witnesses, Joe is my second witness. I have to learn. <laughs> Shut up, Randy. I have to learn in my life that I can't always be right. And let me say this. I tell pastors this all the time. Learn two phrases in your life and you'll be a better pastor. One, I might be wrong. Two is, you ready? I am sorry. 
There are sometimes, even when you were right, that you've got to go and say, I'm sorry. Maybe it's with the attitude. Maybe I miscommunicated. Maybe I could have said it better. Maybe I should have understood what you're going through. We've got to learn in our lives to stop always trying to be right because when you're always trying to be right, you shut out what might be right coming your way. James 4, 16 says it this way. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. If anyone then, listen to this, knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, listen, it is a sin for them. If you're supposed to do something and you don't do it because you want to be right, even when you know you're not right, the Bible says you're sinning. I just blew some of you out of the water, didn't I? I, I just, I, I pray that over you right now. That's what I pray happens. That this week you get in an argument with somebody. And you're trying to be right, knowing deep down you're wrong. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit just goes, sinner. That's, see, that's what I hope. I, I hope you're sitting at work and, and you're talking bad about your, your neighbor in the next cubicle and, and you, know, you know you're wrong. You know what they're saying is right, but you can't be wrong. And you're going to fight. And all of a sudden, just out of the air, sinner. And I know, I know what you're thinking. Why did I not make it on the praise team? Isaiah 1.17, learn to do right. Do you know why Isaiah says that? Because it doesn't come natural. It doesn't come natural. We were born into sin. We were not born into innocence. We were born into sin. So because that, we will have to learn to fight our desire to always be right. Because your desire to always be right will fight against God's desire for you to seek forgiveness. Number three. Forgiveness is given opportunity to a bad situation be turned into a blessed situation. Forgiveness is given opportunity to a bad situation to be turned into a blessed situation. Luke 15, 31 says, My son, the father said, You are always with me. And everything I have is yours. Listen to what he says. But, but we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. He said, son, I get it. You're mad. You're upset. You're angry. Yes, what your younger brother did was not right. I get it. But to his older son, he was saying, but you don't get it. If you hold on to this anger, you're about to miss out on a great opportunity. Your brother wants to come home. Your brother is asking for forgiveness. Your brother is admitting his wrong. See, there's some of you that you've missed out on opportunities to allow a bad situation to turn into a great situation, a bad situation to turn into a blessed situation because you're willing or unwilling to forgive. 
Have you ever done something in your life out of spite? You just, you know, you just weren't going to do it, but you know you're missing out on the fun. The music's playing inside. It's thumping. He, he can smell the food. Y'all like that? That everybody's laughing. <laughs> Maybe not like that. Everybody's laughing. They're having fun, and the older brother is outside. And the only person he's hurting is himself. Some of you are missing out on an opportunity to see a blessed situation because you're unwilling to forgive. And listen, let, mm. I don't always want to forgive. And there are times in my life where to me there's almost unforgivable things. It's always amazing how when I preach y'all, it's not always to you, it's to me too. And how as I'm preaching, what I've got to do comes out in my sermon. But I always have to look this way that it's not about me being right that if I'm willing to give the benefit of the doubt that even in the worst of circumstances that if I will allow my God to step in if I will allow my see when I forgive what I do is I step out of the way I move back and at that moment God can step in and when God steps in in his supernatural power, in his divine ways. When I step back and say, I forgive, I hold no grudge, I let it go. When I step back, my God is able to step in and my God is able to work everything out. Sometimes that's not what we want. We want revenge. We won't pay back. Listen, I know. I used to be a big fighter and I, I always won't pay back. Years ago, me and my wife were at a meeting and we were having a little debate with some, some people at the meeting. All of a sudden, one of the guys would stand up. I didn't even know why. And I'll never forget for a brief moment, I looked over at my wife and Laura remembers my old self. And she sees this look on my face. She's like. And I mean, for a brief moment, my old self come back. And, I, and listen, some of you may not do this. I do this in my mind. I, I do. I go ahead and go through my mind what I'm about to do. So in my mind, I had already flipped the table over. I had stepped over the chair. And I was like, pow! I'd already hit the guy in my mind. It was already done. 
And I didn't hear the rest, and I'm looking at my wife, and she's going. And she's looking at David, and she's like, you, 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 you better go get him. But see, I had, as I said last week, I had to see beyond the moment. See, some of you got to realize that for you, God may have just allowed this in your life so that then God could step into your life and do something so miraculous and so, so amazing that on the other side of it, that you would have only known it was God. I want you to stand with me. Y'all get me preaching. I can't preach this hard. I got to preach three more times today. I want you to bow your head, close your eyes. If you are struggling with unforgiveness in your life, I want you to raise your hand right now. Be honest. Today's the day of forgiveness. Today's the day to get it all right. Today's the day to get beyond what you've been feeling and struggling with. Lord, I pray for every hand that is raised. I ask in the name of Jesus Christ that, Lord, right now, forgive them for their unforgiveness. Let them get beyond their pain and their anger and their struggle. Lord, let them know today that if you can forgive them of their sins and their wrongs, then, God, we must forgive those who sin against us. There we Head bowed, every eye closed. One last question. Do you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? If you were to die at this very moment, do you know where you would spend eternity? I want you to know that Jesus Christ died upon a cross for you because he loves you. Not because of your perfection or all that you've done right, but because you are his child. And if you're here today and you're tired of living in shame, and sin and sadness. And today, you would like to give your heart to Christ Jesus in days today. All you've got to do is admit that you're a sinner in need of God's grace and love. Believe that he is a son of the living God. Died on a cross for you. Rose on the third day. And with your mouth, confess him, Lord of your life, and you shall be saved. Today, if you would like to give your heart and life to Christ, no one's looking, just you, me, and the Lord, then I want you to raise your hand right where you are. Is there anyone today? Hallelujah. Amen. Is there anyone else? Today's the amen. Hallelujah. I've got three that raise their hand. Give God praise. Hallelujah. Not just the three that raise their hand, but all of you say this prayer with me. Say it loud. Say it proud. It's three new names that have been written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. Say, dear Jesus, I invite you to my life and into my heart. Forgive me of all my sins in all my ways, I repent and I come to you and ask you to be the Lord and Savior of my life forever and ever. Amen. Give God praise today. We are so happy that you joined us today. Here at Compassion, we value family, which means we value you. If there's any way that we can be praying for you and believing with you for something, please make sure that you let us know. You guys have a great week and we'll see you here next Sunday.
Thank you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc.